Welcome to the Happiness Secrets Podcast. I am so excited that you're here today. This podcast is going to change your life on all levels. Hi, my name is Sam, the Happiness Man. I am a holistic health and happiness coach, meditation teacher, crystal light therapist, Sam Behind Energy Healer, and Connect Therapy Physiotherapist. My purpose in life is to help world-changing entrepreneurs such as yourself to be truly happy and to achieve all your big dreams in life. To literally be a 10 out of 10 in all areas of life from happiness to health to your soulmate, friends, family, business, finances and your freedom lifestyle. My mission in life is to awaken the world and to create world peace through the path of Dharma, holistic health awakened centers, utopian communities, and the world peace charity to solve all the world's problems. But I can't do this alone. I need world changing entrepreneurs like you to be truly happy and to achieve your big dreams in life, to share your gifts to the world. And this is how we make true global change by all healing ourselves to heal the world. P.S. If you resonate with the message or if you love this podcast and got so much out of it, then it would absolutely mean the world to me if you could share it with someone that you love. And if you could leave a five-star review, this helps us to spread the message with the world and you'll also go in to an amazing competition where you can win two prizes up to a value of $4,444. If you listen to the end, you'll find out more about the competition as well. Enjoy. We have Ashley Stanley here, our special guest. She's an amazing hypnotherapist and spiritual teacher. And yeah, thanks so much for being on today. I am so excited to be here. And for anybody who doesn't know, we are working incredible time zone differences right now. So it's the beginning of my day and the end of your day, Sam. So I just want to really publicly appreciate you inviting me to this space and and coordinating with me. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, thanks so much, Ashley. And honestly, it's an honor. And yeah, we were just talking a bit um, backstage before, but so curious that this is the first time we've like fully had a video chat. We met on social media. And yeah, I have to say, I really resonated your messages, your energy, um, all the posts and your profile as well. So yeah, very excited to get started. And yeah, I'd love to hear a bit of your story and your awakening story and how you help others. Yeah. So officially, I'm Ashley Stanley. I am a professional hypnotist, but I work in the field of human consciousness, all consciousness really, but human potential is where my passion lies because we came into this world hardwired for incredible abilities. And most of those have laid latent 
right? <laughs> and I could just talk about it all day, but really my passion is helping people go inward and unlock these abilities within themselves, which then ripples outward into the world around them in their lives, in their interactions, in their, in every aspect of their lives. Amazing. No, I absolutely love that. And yeah, so maybe we'll first touch on the topic we're just talking about backstage as well. And like, like, so, so sorry to hear as well, your dog passing as well. And like, I'm such a big dog person and yeah they're the absolute most like loving creatures ever and i think it's truly just like no mind just completely in the present moment like nothing but absolute love so sending many blessings um to your dog and and sure the spirits watching over us now um so yeah so so let me know how you've been going with it all and yeah so what we were talking about backstage, I think is a really valuable topic to bring here publicly. Um, and something I was saying to Sam is when he asked about uh, the passing of my dog, um, it was pretty unexpected. He was only five and a half years old. And Sam and I had planned to meet last week, but we had bumped it to this week. And then I lost my dog. So it worked out really well because I took the space to honor that loss last week. Um, and as he asked how I'm doing here today, I told him that I cried all day yesterday. You know? <laughs> um, but the real value and the real topic that we were talking about is that when we as humans have a practice, a spiritual practice or any sort of, of practice, right? I was telling Sam that those practices don't grow until they're met with resistance. And it's these moments of resistance where we have to implement our practice. Those are the moments of growth for us and those moments of expansion, because it's one thing to know X, Y, and Z, and it's a completely different thing to implement X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So for me, in this case, I know that attachment is the root of all suffering. And yet I had not been given the opportunity to implement that knowledge into my experience. And so that is the moment that I'm living right now, having something so dear to me ripped away. And now I have to practice the art of detachment right? <laughs> so major. And so it's, and it, and it goes the same for anything, for relationships, you know, relationships in any area of life, right? It's, it's when we're met with challenge that it becomes an opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> but I, I, I absolutely love that. I think it's such an important topic and even myself going through it recently in my own way that I guess like seeking enlightenment as in this infinite loving place and like psychedelic DMT reality and which we are, but it's the balance of 
like it's good to go traveling there and that, but it's being here in this physical plane in the 3D and being fully present here. And I was listening to another podcast before, like miracles in the mundane, mm-hmm. like this everyday life, being present, being here, feeling fully. And I think a lot of people struggle where we distract ourselves with social media or whether it be food or drinking or addictions or many other things, even emotions, to not truly feeling. And like you said, with the sensations, you're not attached to these so-called feel-good emotions and you're not resisting these so-called challenges. It's like sometimes you win, sometimes you learn and grow. Um, All is divine. And yeah, so absolutely love that. And yeah, I would love to hear more about your spiritual practice and yeah, how you in a practical sense apply that to the world. There's many things that I would like to respond to from what you just said. First and foremost, for everybody listening, for you and for me, I want to affirm that there are no bad emotions, right? So it's like you said, not, you know, being attached to the good ones and resisting the bad ones. There are no good or bad emotions. There are simply emotions, which are energy in motion, and they are asking you to act on something to fulfill an underlying need, want, or desire. And so dependent on the emotion that comes up, we can start to learn and interpret what is being asked of us to do. Um, And unfortunately, in today's society, we are so distracted that a lot of us are running away from what is being asked of our true self. But to affirm for everybody, there are no bad emotions. Please just be here, be here, feel them and acknowledge what is coming up for you in any given moment. Another thing I would like to talk about is uh, you talked about the realities, like, you know, all these different planes of existence. Um, In the work that I do in hypnosis, it's really incredible. So I've done psychedelics. I've way prior to coming into this work, you know, as a teenager, I was like, yeah, let's do some mushroom. You know what I mean? I think when you're like drawn to these different, um, different levels of consciousness, I think that you kind of find any way to kind of explore them, right? And many people don't know how to sit down and be present. And so we find external sources to blast off into a different reality and have these different experiences. And there's a million ways to get there and to have these experiences. And it wasn't until I started doing hypnosis that I realized how absolutely incredible our humans are like your human body I could sit here and speak to you for four minutes maybe less and take you to realms that you had maybe been to before depending you you know but your subconscious mind is a super highway that can take you anywhere through time, through space, through different dimensions of reality, through different planes of existence. I mean, holy shit. Like it's, 
<laughs> it's really crazy. And so I think I've always been a seeker and that's how I wound up here. It was, if it wasn't one thing, you know, I was on to the next, you know, I've, I've really just been kind of, I think I've always been seeking and expanding in myself. And now it's, it's reached the point where I've, I'm just so ready to help others and I am helping others do the same for themselves. Um, and I struggled a lot. I had really hard, hard challenges that forced, like we said, growth to happen. And I wouldn't trade those things for the world, but if I can help other people get to the next level without some of those really deep, dark places, if they don't have to go there, then it's really, truly my honor to like help them get to where they want to go without having to like scrape your knees and claw your way to where you want to go. <laughs> what about you, Sam? So yeah, we've talked in private message a little bit, but I want to hear about you too. I want to hear how did you become Sam the happiness man? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, the words you said, I, I really resonate deeply with everything you say. Um, it's, it's truly profound. It's so simple, the answer, um, but it is truly profound. And yeah, basically, like long story short, but I think like, yeah, going back to childhood, I think my parents split off when I was young. I never felt loved at the time and so I was a bit like shy introverted went in my head as in that was my coping strategy because I didn't want to feel fully and I think it got to the point where in uni especially first year of work I was anxious depressed I was in a constant sympathetic state felt like being on 10 cups of coffee a day I even like broke out sweaty, like sweaty palms, working as a physio, like break out in the sweat. And yeah, so all this stuff, but it's like every day kind of felt like torture, like constantly on edge, worrying, couldn't wait till the end of the day. Um, but then, but I put on my smile and there was always this inner knowing in me that I would figure it out. And it got to a point where it was too much, so I quit my job, went on a world travel trip to find myself. And, yeah, I ticked everything off the external list. Like, bought an yeah. apartment, got a good job, got in best shape of my life, met the girl of my dreams, traveled the world. So, like, tick, 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 tick. Felt a bit better, but as soon as I would achieve that goal, it's always, oh, what's next? What's next? What's next? Yeah. And yeah, I asked myself the question, if I had all the money and time in the world, what would I do? And I was like, oh, I'll travel the world the rest of my life. So anyway, so I went on like a four month travel trip again around Europe. And then that's when I had my quarter life crisis, like literally, boom, like broke up with a girl, mum ended up in hospital for depression, friend had a psychotic breakdown, everything I'd kind of built up, kind of crumbled down. I, I talk about that voice in your head, this dark voice in your head. I was distracted with travel, but as soon as I would go to sleep at night, like constantly going in the past, I do this, or going in the future, worrying about this and that. So, yeah, literally like torture again, but I 
got through it. Um, I went to Morocco and I met this traveling nomad, like this guy in this white cloak and um, he was like something about him, an aura. And before I was like an atheist, didn't believe in God or anything like this. And But I knew there was something to meditation and there was something to it. I watched an Eckhart Tolle video, his life documentary, and I had a moment where I was just present and mm -hmm. at peace and I was like, what's this? But like the next day it was gone. But I asked him, I was actually like on a rooftop in Morocco smoking hash with my brother, <laughs> this nomad and his friend. And I go like, oh, what's the greatest book on meditation and spirituality? And takes a deep breath, pauses, doesn't talk for about a minute, about a minute. And he goes, the greatest book is the book on yourself. All the answers you seek, you already know. Ask and you shall receive. That I've got this tattoo, life is perfect. And it's like a circle of water. Yeah, so from birth to death. And this is how he meditates. And you're like a little boat. You can go left, you can go right. But if you resist life, as in you resist the challenges or you resist what's going to happen or you're attached to it being a different way, you're still going to go down the current <laughs> the way you meant to go, but you're just going to suffer. Yeah. yeah. And I remember at the time hearing it and I'm a nice guy. So I'm like, Oh, thanks so much. Da, da, da. But in my mind, I'm like, what a bullshit answer. But later it clicked for you, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So this was like planting the seed. And then yeah. I found out in Morocco about a 10 day Dharma Vipassana meditation camp. I like, you know, I, these, I heard someone talk about smoking DMT and flying through the universe and all this stuff. And so any long story short, again, I went back to London, no money left. And yeah, but I, and I got a job, but it felt like the worst decision I'd made in my life. And I just knew I had to go to Nepal and to do this meditation camp, watch Doctor Strange and and just he had his awakening in Kathmandu. So I went there and it's like 10 days meditation camp in silence. You have to sit cross-legged for a physio. I'm not very flexible. And so I was in like literally nine out of 10 physical pain, nine out of 10 like emotional pain with a voice, like nine out of 10 like just feeling really sick because I was partying to escape myself, having like a, a bender in Amsterdam just before. And it got to the point on the second day where it was like so much suffering. Got to a point I either quit or I accepted it. And I got to the point I hadn't traveled this far across the world to quit. So I said, I'm going to do this or they're going to bring me out by an ambulance. And as soon as I made that choice, just as simple as like the anapana feeling the breath, the voice would come up. I'm like, no, no come back to the breath, the voice again, how, how the fuck am I going to do this for 10 days? No, no, come back here. Within five minutes, just like that, whole body tingling, the pain went from 9 out of 10 to 3 out of 10, like burst out laughing. The happiest I've ever been. And like you go outside and you're awake for the first time, like this burden or pressure's being lifted, 
you notice the beauty in the trees and the sky and nature. And, and then I would go to meditate again. I would be in pain, but repeat the process would get back to that state. And on the third day, you did the Vipassana technique. So by this time, I'd convinced the teacher to give me a chair because I thought I was doing myself damage because I was having nerve irritation and all this stuff as a physio. So I'm sitting in my chair and you focus on the top of your head before doing the body scan. And so there I am and I say like, you can feel sensations and it said like it may feel like insects crawling. And so I literally felt like 100,000 ants crawling up my body, this crawling energy on the top of my head. And then as I scan my forehead, the rest of the body like, boom, like this infinite love hit me like a ton of bricks and like just trembling with bliss and euphoria. And it's like a, my mind was a high definition TV. See wild elephants morph into like a psychedelic vision of Ganesha and Buddha's face as big as you can imagine. These like eagles and Siberian tigers, like a, you know, you look through a kaleidoscope of the ever-changing multicolors and sacred geometry. And, and yeah, so that kind of awakened, I first had the idea of starting the business. It took me where some people have the glimpse of enlightenment and then they're just there. Um, my, quickly, when I returned back to life, my ego returned, like old habits. And I, I struggled for quite a long time, actually. And really, I would say I've been on the path, especially last year it clicked, that there's the ego, but then there's the spiritual ego. That I think a lot of it in the spiritual community, it's like you wake up from the, um, the dream and you're like, oh, okay, I'm not the ego and do that. But it's like inception. You wake up from a dream, but you're still within the dream. And the voice quickly puts on a disguise and starts talking love and light. And, and it's, it's like the secret's the step in the right direction, like you said as well, it's part of the journey. But it's like, yeah, I've got to save the world and help people and yeah, everyone's got to be plant-based and do meditation and do psychedelics and all this stuff. But you realise that you're still trying to get somewhere. somewhere. Whether yeah, this is the very first conversation we had, even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 which is huge. And I don't find, yeah, that many people get it. And that's why I, like, really resonated with all your words, that it was finally just even just giving up my vices and just sitting with myself. There was still this low-level agony. But when I finally sat with it, and accepted it, yeah, rather than looking for the next high. Then coming full circle to realize we're already here. Nothing yeah. to do, just be. And then there's like a subtle joy and happiness and peace and harmony. And yeah. Yeah, you can still, of course, get to those psychedelic realms and all that, but it's still like a state. So it's that balance of being in both worlds. And, and yeah, so that's it. And just sharing that with the world. And that's why I really resonated with your message. And 
yeah, I would love to hear like a bit more about your story and how you got into hypnotherapy. Yeah, and- okay. yeah we'll just go back and forth for sure. Yeah. One of the things I want to touch on that you just said is um, you talked about being here and you also talked about psychedelic realms. Not everybody's going to do psychedelics. Not everybody has done them. Plenty of people crutch on them to as an escape, you know, for this reality. But one of the things that I think that I really want to impress upon people is that you are capable. All of those things are existing simultaneously. It's not one or the other. They're all simultaneously existing right now. It really does come back to this present moment. I mean, when we do hypnosis, I think what's so remarkable and expansive is that we're just, we're just two people. You're, you're on that side of the computer. I'm on this side of the computer. You're going, I'm speaking from my position, you know, as a facilitator, I'm taking you places that I'm not able to go. I'm not able to be in the experience, but it truly is an experience. And these are, um, and I'm sure that you can attest to this from what you were just saying is it's a fully immersed experience. Your body is it's there, it's present, it's doing its thing. And you're in a completely different realm of existence, having experiences that nobody can ever take away from you. I think that that's, what's really so amazing about when we decide to turn inward is the experiences and the shifts that happen to our consciousness. When we go inward, these are things that nobody no person, no thing, no place can ever take away from you. That's the power of this work. That's the power of showing up for yourself and being willing to sit with the things that are uncomfortable and fully acknowledge them. That's a lot of what I do with my clients. I have a very structured form of hypnosis that I do. It's called five path, which stands for five phased advanced transformational hypnosis. Um, And what makes it so different than other forms of hypnosis is that it's insight generating. So it's not me, the hypnotist, inserting things into your subconscious that has a shelf life. So what we do is we go through a process where you, the client, are having this fully immersed experience and we're fully acknowledging these these things in your life that have happened to you that have impacted you every day subconsciously for the rest of your life. I mean, I work with clients who have 40, have 40, 60 years of shit that they've been carrying around with them. And they've never fully acknowledged all of it because it's scary and it's uncomfortable. And let's be honest, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to sit with the shit that like has brought you pain. And the idea of doing that is really wildly uncomfortable. So it takes an act of bravery. And I really celebrate this in everybody, but specifically with my clients, because it is such a courageous act to go into the unknown and slay that demon that has haunted you for your entire life. 
I mean, that's the adventure that your soul is craving. We think it's, oh, go travel the world. We think it's, oh, go get high and do some DMT or some mushrooms or some ecstasy or some whatever your pick, pick your substance, right? Or alcohol or smoking cigarettes or shoveling food into our mouths, even though we know it's not good for us. We do it because it makes us feel good for just a little bit. So the adventure that your soul, that inner knowing, right? That, and this is the common thread that binds us all, like the people in my sphere or the people that I connect with, everybody's aware of it. It's there. Your soul is calling out to you saying, come find me. And you have to go through the darkness to find it. You're, the darkness is, is like, I like to refer to it as like a womb space, right? It's where the creation is taking place. And we have to go through that darkness and fully immerse ourselves in it in order to come through the canal into like a brand new world, a brand new life, that light, that light at the end of the tunnel, you don't get there by not going through the tunnel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my story is the long and short of it is I went through single motherhood, right? I was ready. I was the same as you, Sam. I was ready to leave. I'm in the States for anybody who's listening, but um, I was ready to leave with two of my best friends, one-way tickets to Europe. We were going to go backpack with no return date. And then a week after I turned 21, I found out I was pregnant with, I was like eight weeks pregnant. Um, I've always been super pro-choice, like, oh my God, I would never have a baby if I wasn't ready to, or couldn't provide the best life possible. I was definitely that person. Um, but when it came down to making an actual choice, I chose life, right? I chose life. I chose motherhood, knowing that I was not going to have a lot of help, knowing that it was going to be a challenge for me. And those were the most challenging years of my life as a single mother with no help, um, seeking externally in a toxic relationship that really broke me down and left me in a pile of goop as a human being, questioning everything about who I am, what am I doing here? What kind of mother am I? Um, who do I want to be? Because I don't have any fucking clue at this point, right? Like, or not now, but then, right? And that's when it really all started for me. I've always kind of, like I said, I've always been a seeker, but it was really that moment where I was completely dissolved as a human being that I was able to rebuild with intention. And here we are today. (laughs) Um, And then, so I think another funny uh, similarity is I was always a really, I always believed in something bigger, right? Something more than just this, right? This world. I've always believed in something bigger, but I was always an impersonalist. I was, and especially like, you know, I started putting my life back together. I really delved into my spiritual practice. I was like, oh, the universe, the cosmos, you know, like, oh, I believe in something bigger, but I, what, I don't want to put a name to it. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And how can all these people walk around talking about God like he's this human being who lives here on this earth? You know, what these idiots, you know, like, <laughs> no, but really, for real, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, God is so much more than just how could he be a person? And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's everything. It's everything, right? And that worked for me for a, a while, for a long time. And what I'm really so grateful for about this pandemic, this worldwide pandemic, was the opportunity to really stop. Stop everything you're doing. Everybody stop everything you're doing. Sit down for a minute and, like, observe. Sit down and observe. What is your life? What has your life been? Is that the life you want to live? Blah, 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 blah. So my husband and I, when we got together, we were on completely different realms of philosophy, of belief systems, right? Um, But over the years, we've really, I think, been each other's greatest teacher, and we've really come from very different places into this really expansive um, practice together. And one of the things, so let me stop rambling, but one of the things that we decided at the beginning of the pandemic, we're like, okay, well, we're at home a lot right now. We have a baby, like my baby's two now, but she was, you know, only six ish months old, you know, and we're like at home with the baby. What are we going to do with all this time on our hands? Like, what are, how are we going to spend our time? And we decided, okay, cool. We're going to compare sacred texts from all over the world. We're going to, that's what we're going to do with our time. And we decided to start with the Bhagavad Gita, which is one of like the primary Hindu texts, right? It's something that we had talked about reading for a while And so we, I think that day we went on a hike, we stopped at Barnes and Nobles on the way back, picked up our first copy of the Bhagavad Gita, and we started reading it. And I will still go read all of the other texts, but there was so much in that text for me and so many shifts that happened for me in in there. I mean, it's, they call it, you know, um, the science of spirituality and, and it really, so many things rang true for me in there. And one of the the things that came from that was the comprehension about the personification of God. So I had been walking around talking about the universe, a higher power, the cosmos, and that is acknowledging something much bigger than myself. But when we do that, it's still this kind of like out of reach and intangible thing, right? The universe is so big and expansive. The cosmos, how the fuck is a tiny little human supposed to connect with the cosmos, right? Like you can't, as much as you may want to and immerse yourself in that, it still remains this out of reach thing. Mm -hmm. And in reading the Bhagavad Gita, it clicked for me that the personification of God, which was a word that used to trigger me, God was a word that triggered me. I was like, these people like what, you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> for real, you know, I was like, I was in ignorance, but I was interpreting them as being totally ignorant, right? And so that was a huge shift for me because I realized and was able to understand and comprehend that the only way that we as humans can fully comprehend God and then enter a two-way relationship with God or source or whatever fucking title you put on it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But the only way that we as humans can fully comprehend that is to, is to personify him or her or put whatever deity you want in that space. But it's only in that that you can then it's tangible. It's he, she, they are touchable. They're humans, just like you and me. They have feelings. We can connect to them. We can speak directly to them and they can hear you and you feel seen and received. And so going from this very detached but like wanting to be closer space in my spiritual practice to this union and this coming together with God consciousness. So that was a really huge shift for me in my spiritual practice. Um, And it just has continued to snowball from there. So my practice has grown and grown and grown. And it was at the end of 2020. I, you know, I sat here and I asked, what am I, what am I to do with this? What am I to do with this information? What am I to do with this? Like, please let me be of, like, how am I to be of service to myself and to the world around me? Hypnosis is something I had been interested in way prior to even getting pregnant and having my baby. And it came in so fast and so hard. It was like, the time is now. The time is now. Like, hypnosis is is the answer to your question. And I'm getting chills thinking about it because it was such a powerful moment. And it was from that space that I started, you know, looking into all the different trainings and it's not a regulated industry. So you can find super cheap trainings. Guess what the quality of that work is going to be? Less than what I wanted to put out into the world. So I found the best training. I mean, I'm biased because I paid a lot of money and got really good training, but it is so amazing because my clients get results every single time, no matter what you're presenting issue is. And, and so, yeah, I found the best training with the best instructor that it was just so aligned. And when I got on the call at the interview call, uh, the man interviewing me, he was like, I think you'd be a really great fit here at the information. And the number he said to me was like, Whoa, like that is so much more than what I could have ever fathomed this training to be. I mean, it was the most it felt like, how could I ever attain this? Right. But, but I did, I did. I was, it was one of those moments where I put into my practice. I, it doesn't matter how, I just know that this is the training for, like, I know this is the training for me. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And every time it felt like it might not happen, I just came back to my practice and 
guess what? It fucking happened. And like, and then, it, and then I invested even more. I mean, I invested more than as a, as somebody who was like at home with a baby on a, like we have a blended family. There's six of us in this fucking household and we're living on my husband's like single income at that moment. I was working one day at a coffee shop you know, just to get the fuck out of my house, right. For my own sanity. But like, let's be honest, I wasn't making money. Right. (laughs) So again, it was that pressure that not necessarily recent, but is that pressure? Like, are you going to buckle under this pressure or are you going to move through it? And, and every time that came up, I moved through it and I did the most intense training of my life. And I've been serving people with hypnosis ever since. Um, and it's really, it complements all of the other uh, work that I've ever done in like human potential and, you know, manifestation and the law of attraction. I mean, it really does happen with the subconscious mind. So, and then in my spiritual practice, you know, it's so I'm doing this work as a devotion to consciousness itself, to God, consciousness to human consciousness to the evolution of consciousness you know that's why i'm here doing this um yeah it's just really such an honor so that's how i that's how i'm here i'm here now helping people traverse the unknown of their own consciousness and come out the other side empowered like totally expansive totally filled with self-love and understanding right understanding about our our true selves and how we are how we truly are in this world not how we used to perceive ourselves to be but how we truly are in this world you know oh amazing (laughs) i absolutely loved hearing your story um it is a true honor to be in your presence and yeah i absolutely loved your transformation and I think that's so key, like realizing that your God or whatever word you want to call it, spirit of the universe, and yeah, reclaiming your power. And I'm so glad you found a tool that you really resonate with and, and works for you and works for your clients as well. And and I, I would love to hear that, like um, getting to like a practical standpoint. So if someone came to suffering from anxiety, depression, stress, or worry, what type of um, practical advice would you give them? I have a lot of information about this for anybody who is struggling with stress or anxiety. Um, That's actually a package I'd like to put together. Uh, I'm building my website and I'm building a training library for people who don't have the ability to work with me one-on-one yet. But stress and anxiety, let me just talk about them for one moment. If you can think about them, they are often interchanged, like the word is interchanged, but they're actually two different processes in the body. Well, it's one process, but they're two different aspects. If you can think about stress as being the thought or the circumstance or the experience the the stress is kind of like the emotional side of anxiety and so most of us are very familiar with our stresses <laughs> and most of us know when we make there's a distinct switch that flips when we go from stress to anxiety anxiety is when it presents itself in your body it is now gone past the threshold of emotional or 
energetic and it is now physical. Anxiety is physical. And this is an unpopular opinion, but anxiety, like anything else, is a muscle. And the more we use it, the stronger it gets. And so when we find people are highly, highly affected by anxiety, it's because they, it's been practiced so much. It's a, it's a response that gets stronger every time. So it doesn't matter if the stress is small or big, the anxiety rushes in as hard as it's ever been, because that's what our physiological body has been trained to do. Um, let me just share a couple of techniques for people who are experiencing anxiety. Once it's present in the body, you cannot think your way out of it. You cannot breathe your way out of it, although the breath is very important. It is now present in your physical body. And so you have to use your physical body to come down from that, to reduce that anxiety. Um, and I have a couple of, of really effective techniques for that. One is which is called the unwind technique, which I'll demonstrate with my hands. So anybody that's listening, I'm sure you have your whole plate of things that stress you out. I want you to just kind of imagine whatever it is. You're in the car, somebody cuts you off, you're running late. Oh my God, you can feel the stress coming up. Okay. What I want you to do is I want you to take your hands and I want you to wind that stress up. Oh, the stress, it's getting more stressful. It's more stressful. Oh my God. Now you're freaking the fuck out because you're going to be late and you're going to get in trouble and you're going to get written up and okay, cool. Now we want to pause, take a deep breath and actually use your hands to unwind. And as with anything, of course, the first time might be a little bit awkward, but this technique is really effective when you practice it. If you want to practice that a few times in private at home, you bring up the stress, wind it up, pause, stop the cycle, breathe, and then unwind it because we're using our physical bodies it allows us to release some of the physical anxiety. So that's one technique that works really good. Um, but again, it only works if you practice it and then you use it when it's happening, right? Yeah, yeah. You have to practice it when you're not in those situations so that you can use it when you're in those situations so that we're, we're conditioning our body to, okay, engage the parasympathetic nervous system. Okay, all right, it's time to relax. Um, and you can only do that if you practice it when you're not in a highly stressful or anxiety filled situation. Amazing. The other technique that I, I'm sitting on my couch, so I'll just, I'll see if I can demonstrate it here. Um, basically, so when anxiety is present in the brain, it's like really concentrated. It's like a muscle. It's like a knot in your muscle, right? And it's just, re it's really concentrated and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, but it's really highly concentrated in one area of your brain. One thing that we can do is use our physical body to stimulate both hemispheres of the brain to even out that stress, that the, uh, reactions that are happening in your brain. We want to flood the brain, both hemispheres of the brain with blood. And that's going to like a knot like a masseuse working out the knot they're spreading it out to the areas around it and 
lessening the impact of it in that one particular area. So we can do the same thing with our brains. Um, I'll try to kneel here. So what we can do is we can take a pen, an object, or you could just bust out some dance moves. No, no worries. But we want to take each of our hands and we want to cross them over the median. So like, let's see. Oh, I thought I had a crystal right there, but you can, you know, pass something to one hand and then you're going to bring it over the to the other side. So you can pass a pen, piece of paper, a crystal, anything or nothing at all. I have nothing in my hands. Just, you can even just, you know, bust out, you know, some moves, whatever. What you want to do is you want to bring your hands over the median of your, the center line of your body. And what that's doing is it's stimulating both sides of your brain. And so it, it flushes the brain with blood and that alleviates and relieves the concentration of anxiety, the chemical like reaction and the, the stuff that's firing in your brain. So those are two really great techniques that I um, love to give out because they're super useful. If you practice them, they will serve you. <laughs> no, no, I, I love them. It was very cool. I, I could feel it as well, that rewinding one and the crossover as well. So no, no, I, I resonate with that. I have another energy practice where it's crossing to like clear the energy as well with hitting. So no, I really resonate with that. And yeah. then, yeah, so I, I find it fascinating because I've never done hypnotherapy before or We'll have to do a session together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I'm <laughs> definitely keen for that. And so just like a bit of context with it. So and so just for anyone listening who's like new to hypnotherapy, um, like myself as well, that so you were saying before it's like you kind of get them in a trance state or you help you're gonna paraphrase better, but how you get there and how you tap into the subconscious or these other realms you were talking about. So yeah, what's a, a bit of a description of that? So most of the time when you're coming in with a cold client who's never done hypnosis before, we'll always start with like a hypnotic induction. And that is a process. I will talk, you will listen and you will follow instructions. And by doing that, you will go into a hypnotic state. Um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what hypnosis is and what hypnosis isn't. And it's not mind control. You're fully present the entire time. We're just giving the critical thinking mind the back seat. We're putting it in the back seat. It can come, it can be present. It's it's the observer when we go into hypnosis, but um you're doing it of your own free will, right? So that that's like one of the big misperceptions is that like, oh, it's mind control and you can make me do something that I don't want to do. That is false. That's false. You're not going to go into a really beautiful state of hypnosis if you are full of resistance and you don't want to be there like that's just not how it works <laughs> but the reality is we don't need an induction at all we can access these states um oftentimes if i'm working with a client i you know we can be mid-conversation and there's a pivotal moment in the conversation where emotion runs high we can close your eyes take a deep breath and ride that that energy to wherever we want to go 
So it's, it's a state that can be accessed in a million different ways. Um, but typically with, with, um, with like a new client, I do five sessions with my clients. I work in a package because we do really, really complete work. Um, the first session we're laying the foundation for the much deeper work, because as you know, as we just saw with these practices, humans get better with practice. So the first time you do something, it's a little like, Ooh, you know, how is this going to be? And then, so we really like create the comfortability and the sensation of what hypnosis is. And then from there, the rest of the sessions, I mean, we're going into some really deep work and there's different kinds of hypnosis. So you could listen to a hypnosis recording and have your own experience there. You could, you know, the subconscious mind is pretty infinite so and expansive and it goes in every direction possible. So you basically, what we're doing is we're, we're hopping on the subconscious highway and I, or you, depending on who you're working with, or if you're doing it alone, we're just telling it where we want it to go and it'll take you there. So I have a very specific process that I follow because, um, it just gets results for clients every time. So it's a beautiful, it's kind of like the, the marrying of masculine and feminine energy in this work, because I have a really beautiful structure, which is kind of that masculine energy. And what that allows for is the unique expression of your human consciousness to come through. So we'll say, Hey, let's go address X, Y, and Z and whatever X, Y, and Z is for you. Cause it's different for you than it is for me. That's where we'll go. And, and that's, what's really so cool is because we're so unique as individuals, our experiences and our perceptions are so specific to us that we thrive in a space where that is allowed. There's some modalities that's very just like, boop, boop, boop. you have to do it this way. You have to do it that way. And what I really particularly love about this work is that it allows for the full expression of your human being. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. No, I find it very interesting. And yeah. And were you saying before that you can use it to get into those like meditation states and or like travel to these like different dimensions and yes yeah <laughs> yeah Did you so a, like of, a little bit more of that yeah yeah so like i said it's like a it's like a super highway and all we have to do is get on the ride right we get on the ride and go right but i'll use past life regression as an example a lot of the spiritual community and you know it's it's kind of this ooh thing like oh i wonder about my past lives and all of this right so there's a lot of interest in past life regression but it's not always useful i will tell you it's not always useful for you to go in and have one tiny snippet of an experience from a past life that can actually cause a lot of turmoil for people because there wasn't any resolve for some of the stuff that came up. Um, but it's a primary example of how we can go to those places. Oftentimes when I'm working with people in regression, cause that's a, one of the fundamental 
parts of, of the work that I do with my clients is regression work. Um, you know, we'll often sporadically regress to past lives, right? But it doesn't always mean that there's something there. There usually is a, like a little nugget there, but it can be, it can be like opening up a can of worms, like that we're not always ready for. <laughs> so something that I offer that I find to be more valuable for my clients and for spiritual seekers or um, anybody really that's inclined, it's called the informed soul technique. And so instead of regressing to a past life or, a, you know, one incarnation, we're actually regressing to your soul state. So beyond the body with your soul, who's been with you for all of your past lives, who has all of the answers, who has all of the information and is literally your direct line to God. I mean, we are able to regress to soul state and for people who haven't had that experience, it might sound like this crazy thing, but it it's not happening in the way that you think it, you're not like you're, you're like somewhere else and you're experiencing sounds and colors and information. It's like channeling essentially, you know, there's a lot of people that that channel. Anybody can channel. You are a channel. We're just activating and turning on your channel and regressing to the, the place we want to go. And from there, I have my clients come prepared with a list of questions that they want to know about, you know, what their life purpose or about their past lives or about car, their karma, you know, whatever it is, we all have our own questions, right? So we're able to ask those questions to our soul and channel that information directly from source. Like it's fucking incredible. And so then there's like, you actually get the information that you're looking for instead of kind of shooting in the dark. Um, but that's just one example of, of the places that we can go. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty infinite. It's pretty infinite out there. And yes, you can, we can, it's, it's an experience. I mean, as somebody who's done, you know, psychedelics and, and had, you know, experiences in altered states of consciousness, it's really kind of hard to describe because how do you, ex, ex, you know, how do you describe an experience like that that's fully immersed? <laughs> like, and sometimes in those specific sessions, they tend to go a little bit longer because what's happening in that experience has to be translated into words. And that can take a minute because the experiences themselves are an experience that's beyond this realm of existence. So there's like that, how do you put words to something that's a feeling or how do you put words to something that's a, a truth that has no words? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's really... It's really cool stuff. Very cool. No, absolutely love it. Um, very fascinating. Really cool. Um, and you did a post recently that I um, was very curious about that you said that something like, I'm just paraphrasing what I remember, but something about the fetus 
And I think the trauma of that, or you said even like the sperm to the egg or so yeah, I'm, Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm currently, I've made the decision that I'm going to write a book about, about it because where do I even begin talking about this? So we perceive human consciousness as starting at the time of birth, right? Like, oh, you're born and all of a sudden your consciousness drops into your body and now you're a part of the world. And there's no thought given to where does consciousness originate from, right? And I had never thought about it either. I had never, I mean, I guess I had thought about it. Oh, I thought about past lives and how we're reincarnated. You know, I thought about that, but I never really thought about how it was connected and how it's all the same consciousness <laughs> coming through. So what is really fucking crazy and started to blow my mind as a hypnotist when I'm, um, when I'm working with clients, whatever their presenting issue is as an adult today in this world is, whether it's lack of confidence or uh, abandonment issues or whatever it is, right? Whatever it is, whatever we're working on, we, it is my job. It is my duty to go back to the point of origin, the root cause. Where did this start? Not all the different symptomatic you know, where it presented, but where did it start the very first time that you ever felt this way, that you ever had this impression about yourself or the, the way that you started perceiving the world in this way, where did it start? So that's what we use regression for. And not just once, but multiple clients are regressing back to in the womb. A lot of my clients regress back to in the womb. And it sounds like this crazy thing, but when we are there, it's very obvious that that's where we're at. I can hear my mom's heart. I'm with my mom, but I'm in like, it's nuts. The first time it happened to me, I was like, let's see, let's see. Right. I'm so curious. And I think that's what's so amazing is I'm just, I get to be curious and we get to take it as far as it will go. Right. I mean, there's, so the first time it happened, I was like very interesting. Mm -hmm. And then it happened more and more and more. And I'm like, wow, you know, this, there's like overwhelming evidence that like we're fully conscious in the womb, even though we can't speak or maybe communicate in the way that adult humans are like, and we might not even be birthed yet but like we're aware of ourselves and of what's happening around us. I've had two babies. I've learned about fetal development. I've learned about pregnancy, um, the different stages of development, you know, with, for your fetus. And they talk about, Oh yeah, the baby, now the baby can hear you. And Oh, this part of the body is developed. Never once has anybody like been like, Oh, talked about the consciousness of your fucking baby. <laughs> and I don't even think that you think about that because you're immersed in your own consciousness. And so this, so anyways, it happened a few times, like it happened with several clients. We went back into the womb. That's where like very obvious 
trauma happened. Mom and dad are fighting. Dad is abusing mom. I don't feel safe. I'm not wanted. Um, I, I don't have any value. Money is more important than me. Right? You can see how these very early impressions are playing out in our everyday lives as adults. Can I tell you, there are so many people walking around feeling like they do not belong here and that is not their fucking fault. It's just something that happened really early on that left them with that subconscious program running and it's running and it's running and it's running until you decide to cancel it out, clear it out and like put in a new program. It's like a computer, right? It's going to continue running in the background silently and it will impact your life for the rest of your life if you let it. But anyways, what really shocked me is when one of my clients regressed, we come out, we come and it takes a minute to kind of like realize where, where we're at. She's like, I'm an egg. And I'm like, what? You know, I'm just like, you know, like what's happening, you know, you know, I can't go into like super detail about, you know, this, but, but literally she's like, no, I'm an egg. I'm waiting. I'm like, what are you waiting for? She's like, I'm waiting for the right time. Right. Like very specific thoughts, very specific feelings, very specifically aware of the world outside of themselves. And this egg wasn't fertilized. I'm literally, I'm waiting for the right time. So that blew my mind the first time it happened because, you know, I've, I've regressed to the womb several times, like I said, with other clients, um, you know, during different points of development as a, you know, as a fetus. Um, but you know, the first time I regressed back to being like an ovum, like in the fucking uterus, that's not fertilized. Yeah. yeah. That astounded me because if it's not the sperm, like, where does it, you know what I mean? Like, if, like, we're always talking, oh, yeah, the sperm fertilizes the egg, and that's where it begins. It was incredible. I mean, it was so astounding and incredible because I, I was like, obviously not. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, we are literally like not fertilized yet. And so that really made a a big impression with me. But when it happened again, I'm stuck in a tube. I was, and here's the thing is I was with all the, where did, where did everybody else go? I'm stuck. I'm stuck in a tube right now. I'm stuck. I can't get through. Where did everybody go? Hello. A woman is born with all of the eggs that she will ever carry. And they're aware of each other. That means that every egg, like we're transcending time and space right here. Like this, <laughs> this is why I need to write, a, this is why I'm choosing to write a book about it because there's like so many aspects to this, but like an unfertilized egg is aware of itself. So it ha- it's conscious and it's also aware of the others around it. which mean that they are also conscious. So it's crazy because it begs the question of, 
I mean, I, it, I, it begs lots of questions, but like, but this is stuff that nobody talks about. And we talk about, you know, a lot of spiritual texts talk about past lives and reincarnation and all of this stuff. So is it possible that the both are existing simultaneously and there's that moment where one ends and now it's time, like, it's, it's this really crazy thing, but like, basically everything we think we know about like human consciousness should be questioned based on some of this, these findings. Right. And no, I don't, I personally haven't seen anybody else talking about this. And so that's, I'm like, I'm having these experiences with clients and they keep coming up and I'm like, where is the dialogue about this and how can we as adult humans facilitate the evolution of consciousness from womb state like you know, you know. How, how can we do that like how can we do that for future generations um and you shook your head yes when I said the Bhagavad Gita. I don't know if you've read that text at all. You have. I so, haven't read it cover to cover, but I I know the teachings from it. It's profound. Yeah, yeah. So in the Bhagavad Gita, it, there is, a, I don't know which chapter it is or which text, but the there is one of the teachings that it, it talks about is a generation of unwanted, it talks about generations of unwanted children, children not born of that divine union between mother and father and, and love. We are seeing that. We are living that right now. I have children. You can see the difference. And my first child was not born in a divine union and was not born of true love. And his consciousness is in a completely different state than my two-year-old who was born as a result of, of my heart's desire and my heart's love with another human being. It's crazy, but it's so incredible. So how can we use these teachings and bring them all together in a way that allows us to co-create in a really super conscious way i absolutely love it it's so like mind-blowing it's it's undescribable it's like the world's like truly like the most beautiful mystery uh, ever created it's like it's amazing that's really profound i i like i still am like yeah every time i think about it i'm I'm, it, it just like, it's exciting. And when we look at the way that our, the three levels of consciousness work, it makes sense. Like our conscious mind is super powerful, but it's limited. It's limited to f- like 5% of like our total reality. <laughs> like that's what we're oh, interacting yeah. with every day. The world around you, what you're thinking, listening to right now, watching right now, it's limited to like five to nine bits of information at a time. So it's super limited. And then there's the other realm of existence that's happening. So it kind of makes sense that to see like the natural progression, like what we think we know. And then there's like this infinite reality of what actually is. And 
I think that that's what's so exciting and, and um, like what, what gets me going so much about this is because like through like bypassing this, we have access to all of this through like the subconscious mind. We're able to connect with all of the rest of this and you never know what you're going to find out there. I had no, I had no, you, you like had, you set an intention. Okay, cool. You never know what's going to come through. Like you never do. Like, was I expecting when I got into this work to be like, this is what is going to come forth for me. I want to talk about consciousness from the moment of conception. No, but that is the shit that's coming up. And so it's like our opportunity to lean into these things as they come up. It's really exciting. So now I'm writing a fucking book on it and I'm working with, um, I'm actually meeting with him uh, here soon, but we're, he's going to help me publish this book. And I'm also writing um, like a series of children's books called leaders of tomorrow to, because I think um, as much as we are important and the work that we're doing for ourselves is important. The real, the real gift that we can give is to the next generation and the generation after them. And I think that's our, our, our duty. Uh, <laughs> I think that's our duty. So I'm just trying to do my part for that. I, I love that. Oh, so, so amazing. Gives me chills. And so last thing before we finish. So you talk yeah. about the next generation um, making the world a better place. So and we talked about this a bit before. So what is your vision for helping the world and i know you went from that stage of you had the big vision and now it's just more the state of being and that um so whatever that expresses with you like how you can be of service and help the next generation um yeah i would love to hear that well i do want to talk about kind of the overall vision because i know yours is very similar to our to mine and that i think there's a there's many people that share that as well um my big goal is I'm going to start a, an intentional community, a space where people can come and either participate as a permanent resident or, or come for a retreat. It's really, what I'm looking to do is, is to create like an alternative society that's truly self-sustaining, that is really balanced in every aspect, but it's going to be like an education center, a spiritual retreat center. I mean, it's going to be a place where people can come and participate in the type of community that we're all longing for that we're not finding yeah. out on the streets here. <laughs> so um, that's the, there's obviously that's a very like minimalistic uh, way to describe it. It's so much more complex than that. That is my my big goal for this lifetime is to create that so that my children and other people's children have a place where they can come be their like best humans at um and then also i mean my way of serving future generations is to start sharing this information with them not just the adults that's why i'm writing books for children too because they are so impressionable and most of them are not 
and, and there's a lot of really good parents out there. Do not get me wrong. There's a lot of good parents out there, but there's a lot of really valuable information that we are learning as adults that we have the opportunity to give to them while they're young and small. I, I, I absolutely love that. I think, yeah, I really feel that's a big thing because often we're like healing that old trauma and that, but if you can imagine starting a life like knowing meditation and hypnotherapy, doing the rewind stress technique and all that. Yeah. That's how, and like, you, like you're just, it's okay to be a human being. Like how many of us are like trying to, especially young kids trying to fit into a box that we, Oh, we don't want to make mom mad or we don't get to like do this because blah, 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 you know? So if we can help our children just feel safe and to be human, that's a beautiful gift. And then also like being a human being didn't come with a manual. It's confusing as fuck sometimes. So like if we can like offer some guidance for future children on like what to expect and how to handle humanity, like that's a beautiful gift. Amazing. I I love that. Very (laughs) touching. And last, last thing. Uh, how this being in this state i I call it like every moment of meditation or just being in this state that presence and so you you enjoy the challenges and you're not attached not resist do you have because there's one thing saying it there's one thing i found my guru is like oh just be grounded just be grounded but i was like how the fuck do i get there um so any tips or any tricks that you find works for your clients just to be in this present connected state to source? Um, I mean, what works for one person doesn't always work for the next person. And again, this is where like working with somebody one-on-one to find out what works for you can be very valuable. But my biggest recommendation for anybody looking to feel more grounded and more secure is honestly just slow down. Mm. Like you can be sitting on the couch and still be going a million miles an hour, like watching TV, scrolling on your phone, shoving food into your mouth. Like you're not being still or moving slow just because you're sitting on the couch, like actually slow down. Mm. That's my biggest that's, I mean, yeah, that's my biggest tip for feeling grounded is to just slow down. That's really cool. the, the different aspects of your being. So the physical is one of them, but it's, so it's like, it's mind, body and soul. It's like finding that synchronizing the slowdown between those three. Amazing. I, I think that's really profound. And do you know what I love the most? Your first answer. No, tell me. For what works for one person doesn't always work for another person. So that um even like when my first guru i really resonated with that thing was what drew me to him initially so you're saying that you you truly get it um it's been truly an honor ashley i've absolutely loved our chat so if people resonated with you and want to get in contact with you or know how they can work together with you how can they get in contact Uh, My website is under construction right now, but the name of my business is Vital Essence Hypnosis. 
Cool. I'm really operating like I am my business. It's just me and it's just you. So if you want to explore that, find me. Sam and I are friends on Facebook. Thus, I'm sure this is going other places too, but you can find me on there, Ashley Lynn Stanley. Um, I can, yeah, feel free to just reach out to me. Like I will point you in the right direction if I feel like there's other, I'm here to serve you, whatever that looks like. So if you would like to be served by me, come find me and just say hi. I'm super happy to welcome you with an open heart and open arms and, and really just see, see what happens. Amazing. I absolutely. You're amazing. You're amazing, Sam. (laughs) You're amazing, Sam. And I know we're going to have so much more fun in the future too. I really can't wait to see how we can, like, I mean, this is, magic (laughs) definitely oh i i feel that deeply too as you say that when i get like whole body like tingling or chills like that's a good thing so yeah i know i think i'm gonna come visit i think i'm gonna have to bring my husband and my baby and come visit your new um paradise that you're living (laughs) yeah definitely no no always always welcome always a place to stay so amazing and we'll definitely have you on again. Um, This chat has been absolutely mind-blowing. So thanks so much again. Yes, my pleasure. I will talk to you soon. See ya. So I hope you enjoyed that episode of Happiness Secrets. So like I said before, if you got value out of it, if you resonate with our message to awaken the world and to create world peace, then please share this with someone that you love and If you leave a five-star review on Spotify and on Apple Music and you take a screenshot of you sharing it with someone that you love, you enter this amazing competition that you will win Meditation Mastery for free. This is such a life-changing course. This is what I teach my high-level clients in video form. This is your 60-day path to healing your anxiety, depression, stress and worry so that you can be happy, fulfilled, live with joy and have it all. You will also win a 90-minute one-on-one coaching and healing session with myself personally. This is at a value of $2,222. The course is also at a value of $2,222. So that's $4,444 of value for you helping to spread this message of love. Thank you.